Hey sisters, you're listening to the Blessed Brokenness Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. While you're here, my goal is to fill you with truth, give you hope, and encourage every single one of you to help you realize that no matter what you have walked through in this life, that does not define you. I want to help you understand that you're not just broken, but you are holy because you've been made holy. I hope to inspire you to walk the journey back to who you were created to be, allowing you to be healed of everything that has made you feel broken. So come on, sister, let's get you back to that real amazing woman and shut down the lies that have made you feel less than. Hey everyone, and thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Blessed Brokenness Podcast. In today's episode, I am the one in the seat sharing my story, sharing my brokenness to freedom story. And I'm so excited for you to listen to it. Um, I hope it encourages you. I hope it brings you hope. And I hope that you see that No matter what we walk through in this life, that brokenness, once again, does not define who we are. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blessed Brokenness Podcast. My mission here is to bring truth, light, and encouragement to as many women as possible, helping them to realize who they are and allow them to tell their story while leaving them ridiculously hopeful for tomorrow. Hi, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, Crystal, and it is such an honor to be here recording and sharing stories of testimonies. And today, I'm actually sharing my very own personal brokenness to freedom story. So those of you who don't know who I am, I've been doing the Blessed Brokenness podcast for about six months now, and I am the owner of Crystal Kiefer Inspired, where um, my mission basically is to help women trade limiting mindsets for the truth. And you guys, I have such a heart to see other women, like I love, I just love women, and I have a heart to see them win and overcome a life of defeat. Defeat, like we feel defeated so many times, right? To help them overcome a life of defeat and thrive into their destinies in Christ and in freedom. Because in Christ, we have freedom, right? But so many times we don't realize that we have this freedom that's been gifted to us. I didn't know that for so long. So before we dive in, I want to, um, let me back up for a second. So I said I was, uh, had a, a thing for helping women trade limiting mindsets. So I do that through art, writing, photography, and encouraging the heck out of women that I know. Like any woman that comes into my circle, they know, well, maybe not at first, but before they leave and like go home, they will feel that I am the encourager, like I'm going to cheerlead the crap out of them. Um, basically encourage the crap out of them. But anyways, um, 
So yeah, I do that through art, writing, and photography. And I'm a creative. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Um, a wife to a flight medic. Um, so he's like the guy that likes to do the dangerous things. Anything dangerous, count him in. And he's always looking for more dangerous things to, to add to his career choices. But I'll just go with the flow. Um, but before we dive in, I want to get this episode back to God and allow Holy Spirit to come in. So I always open up in prayer. So Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you for this wonderful year. This year has been a trying time for so many people. And so many people have decided that it's like the worst year ever. But if we decide to get a different perspective and actually take a step back and actually open our eyes and open our hearts to see what you're doing in this season, we can have a different perspective and actually see that this year is still a wonderful year. Lord, I ask that you, you bless every woman that has listened to this podcast, that is listening to this podcast, men included. Um, help them to realize the truth of who you are, of who, you, of who they are in you. Um, help them to understand that brokenness does not define who they are, that a mistake that they made in the past does not define who they are. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you come in and help to open hearts, open hearts, open minds, and open the eyes of the women listening. Help them to become curious and want more of you, want more understanding of you, want to know who you are and how they can have a relationship with you. Help them to, to see the freedom displayed in this podcast and, and then want more of that and want to know how they can get it too. And that freedom is only found in you, Jesus. Father, thank you so much. And, and it is such an honor that you chose me to do this podcast, and I hope that I will always make you proud. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, um, give me one second. I had a piece of paper, and my paper fell on the floor. So, it's kind of weird, you guys. Like, I'm so used to interviewing other people for these type of podcasts episodes and so it's weird to be diving in in a long episode with just myself like <laughs> I'm trying to get this together okay so like what is my story what is my story are you guys ready to hear this like I'm a little bit nervous in sharing it I've shared it before I haven't dug in like all the way but but here we go so when I was younger, um, I felt broken because I didn't grow up the way many people thought I did. Um, I always showed up in life as a classy woman, a classy child. I mean, I had, I was very quirky and like, if you want to insert unicorn in there, you, you can. My daughter calls me Pinkie Pie. Um, like I have this energy in the inside that like really bursts and I'm always positive. I'm always um, just energetic and want to have fun. 
but when I was younger, I mean, I had fun then. I didn't know, we didn't always have food in the refrigerator. We didn't always have money to buy groceries. We didn't always have money to fix things around the house. Like for instance, um, we had a gas tank in the backyard and the gas was supposed to be for gas in the house, right? For the stove, um, uh, what's it called? The hot water heater, I think, um, and other things that gas goes to. So we didn't always have money to, to pay for the gas. So a lot of times we would cook dinner on a hot plate. And so for a young child um, that sees how we live in our life and I go to someone else's house and they've got a stove and they've got all these other things and they've got a fridge for their food, I'm looking at myself thinking, wow, I feel so less than everybody else around me. And even though that was the case, we still had joy in the house, if that makes sense. So we still had joy. We always smiled. We always um, laughed and cut jokes with each other. But it was, you know, I would go to a friend's house and stay the night and I didn't want anybody to come to my house and stay the night because I felt ashamed. I felt less than. I felt that we were, we didn't measure up, you know. And so I carried that with me a lot of times and and um, yeah, <laughs> lost my train of thought for a second. So I carried that with me for a, a lot of a lot of times. And growing up in poverty, you almost feel like you can't you can't get out of it. Um, so I would I grew and developed this sense of independence, and I always wanted to take care of myself. If I was gonna get a part-time job as a teenager or a young adult, I was going to take care of myself. Nobody else was going to do it. And so it was almost like I was building up this wall to kind of protect myself so I wouldn't get hurt. And I went into marriage with that same mindset. I would take care of myself and nobody else will. That's not the way that I should have lived life and going into a marriage with a husband. Um, I think I read this thing on Facebook recently about um, an attitude of independence is has something more to do with the trauma in your heart than it does with actually trying to be independent. And that, <laughs> I started thinking about that, like, hmm, wow, okay. Maybe that is the case. Maybe that is the case. And even to this day, about two years ago, um, God asked us to sell our house. And this house that we had, um, we worked hard to get it. I didn't think that I could ever own a home like the one that we had. And we did, we, God led us through it and we got this house and we lived there for about four years. And then I heard God whisper to my heart and say, sell it. And I want you to go back home to take over the payments so that your dad can, can be free and go back home. And I'm like, what? You want me to go back where? Like I was out of there, like I'm not going back. I don't wanna go back. So much that the day after I graduated high school, I went straight to New York. I wanted to get the heck 
out of Dodge and not return. But I had to return because I was going back to college. I was coming back home to go to college at a, um, a technical school. And I had my sister actually fill out all the paperwork and I came back from New York and skedaddled my way just in time to get to my first class. <laughs> and it was interesting because I didn't follow what was truly in my heart when I went to college. I wanted to show up in life and follow what I thought was good for a career. And in my mind, what was gonna make the most money? What was going to, what had to do with computers? And how can I get in there without having to take the SAT? So I wanted to take some shortcuts. I did not want to take the SAT. I hated taking tests. Um, every time I would take a test, like it just, almost like math, it would twist my mind and I couldn't seem to get it together. I hated to take those tests. Um, I would, it was just a mess. So I'm pretty sure that there's more of you out there that are not the greatest test takers. You might be smart, but when it comes to taking a test and A, B, C, D, you just, no, don't do it. And so I went for information systems technology. I said, oh, this is, this is cool, this is interesting, until I got to the class with ones and zeros, like the binary numbers, and that was boring. And I was like, okay, nope, not doing it. And so I walked out and then I didn't, and then I didn't return. And so after that, you know, I got married and I went into marriage with everything that I had in me, not knowing that I had anger inside of me. Anger didn't manifest inside of me until after I got married. And boy, was that something to do with? Like this girl that had been joyful and full of life and full of energy, feeling a little bit broken, but yet still like I just had this optimistic personality. Like I was very optimistic. Um, but still in there, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to, I wanted to be a part of something, but that let's back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. Okay, so during my high school years, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be a part of something. I wanted to, to be known-ish, but yet my personality kind of took me another route. And a lot of times I didn't fit in because, and let's be real here, my own people, many of them did not like me. Many of them, stereotyped me because I had lighter skin, um, because I was very quiet. And I was quiet because I had a hearing loss. Many people didn't know that. I had a hearing loss. So in 10th grade, I found out that I had a hearing loss. And I remember that day to a T. And I felt so like, like an outcast that day because I'd never known anybody else around me that were hearing aids. And I thought that if they could see the, the hearing aids in my ears, oh my goodness, I would never fit in. I would never be a part of anything. And so I actually cried that day. I cried and thought that I would never measure up, that I, I wouldn't be somebody. 
But little did I know in the future that that hearing loss was actually a gift. And I'll tell you why it was a gift, because after I found out about the anger issue that I had that manifested itself in me a little bit later on in life, that came from a line of, I call them generational curses. On my dad's side, there was, he had a lot of brothers and um, they could get mad and angry in a second and they would want to hinder business. And I had some of that in me. So it wasn't until you get married and somebody ticks you off good enough and doing your own house. And it's like a, a switch flips and, oh, <laughs> you're not used to living with someone, loving someone, being the same age as someone and they tick you off. And then this anger manifests inside of you. And so my first years of marriage, I felt like there was something wrong with me that, and my husband would remind me that you were always happy when you wake up in the morning, you would smile. And that was one of the reasons why I fell in love with you. And so I would hear those words and then I would think to myself, well, how did I change? What happened? <clears throat> why am I angry all the time now? And praise God that he is a good man and we're still together because I sent him through a journey himself. And I can laugh at it now and he laughs too about you know where we are now compared to where we were then. Um, but I could go from literally being happy one second and in two seconds flat, I could go to level 387 and I wouldn't be able to calm down until about a day or two later. And that's no way to live. Oh my goodness, that is not any way to live. But to get out of that, to overcome that, to, if you just look at that whole scenario of just anger being inside of you and just manifesting at a later age in life, that's not what Jesus died for us to have. That's not any part of who he is. That's not a gift. That's not, it's not anything for us to walk in. It's a part of a lie that I believed. And I believed that, well, that's just the way I am. I'm going to tell somebody a piece of my mind and not think any thoughts about it. Not think that how they might feel. Not think that it was wrong. So I don't even know, like, I want to say to peel back those layers of those lies that I started to believe, but it was something, and I, like I said, I call it a, a generational curse, something that was passed down that was never dealt with. And there's other terms that can be used here. It doesn't have to be a generational curse. It's not necessarily a curse, but it's just something that was passed down through generation that I happened to pick up because I didn't know how to express my emotions. I never saw my family really break down and express how they felt in love, out of love. I never saw them express, you know, if they got upset, tell someone else why they're upset or tell someone else why um, they might disagree with them or, or just 
express what was inside. I had never seen that. So my first response to something was to automatically get angry. Automatically get angry. I even carried that with me to some of my, my jobs. Um, not that I was mad, but I had this attitude of I'm gonna tell them what I think right then and there and keep on going. But the thing is my mom, she actually had this thing was she didn't carry grudges and she would tell people what she thought, but she did it in a nice manner. For the most part, I did too, but I would get this anger built up inside of me so much, like I said earlier, it would take a day or two to come back down. Like, why would I, why, <laughs> why would I want to live that way? But I didn't, at that point in time, I didn't even know any better. I just thought that that was me and I was free to do whatever because I'm on my own now, right? And my husband was going to accept it or leave it. That wasn't nice either. But as I began to go in through marriage, to go on through marriage, I got pregnant with my daughter. And then after that, that was a whole nother thing I had to recover from was postpartum depression. You see, after I had my daughter, I had stepped down from a corporate job, a job that I thought at the age of 21, I became a manager at a, a large retail store. And I thought that was the life, like that should be something that I should be proud of, which I was. Now, I won't say that I wasn't because that was a gift too, I got to manage and and you know get to know so many people so many amazing people that i'm actually still friends with today but in my mind i was going off of a career that i thought looked good right and so after i had my daughter here i was at home with a, a baby in my 20s and i felt like i had nothing i had nothing except for being a mom being a wife and having this baby to take care of. Being the woman that was very independent, I wanted something of my own. I wanted to make my own money. I didn't want to depend on my husband's income for to take care of us. But I had to because I had no other choice. I could not find a job. I applied at job after job after job and nothing. It didn't pay enough, wasn't enough to help pay for daycare. And in those moments, in those days, those early days, I started slipping. I started slipping into depression and slipping into um, anxiety and just like this darkness came, started coming over me. And I was one that always wore like colorful bright clothes, just like I have on um, like a green sweater right now and florals. I've always loved those clothing, that type of clothing but I realized that I began to start wearing black. Like almost everything that I started wearing was black. It was like death to myself, right? Grieving the, I don't know if I was grieving or not, but let's just call it death to myself. I started wearing black and sometimes at night, I tried to choke myself in my sleep because I didn't think that there was any more of me left.
I didn't think or believe. I started believing those lies. And there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about um, the enemy roams around looking for those that he can devour. And he looks for those that have that are depressed, that are feeling alone, that are feeling um, isolated. And so I had those three things going for myself. And so he came around and started feeding me a bunch of lies. Now I had, I'd believed some of his lies and BS, you should say, early on in life and throughout life and up until this point. But at this point, I started believing even more, which made me slip into that hole. So if I was believing that I was nobody and couldn't find a job and wouldn't find a job and I was worthless because I couldn't support myself or help support my family, that was a lie. How was my worth tied into me being able to help support my family? It wasn't. I began to allow that to define who I was. But I had to make a decision. I had this baby that I was raising up. I had this little girl that was going to look up to me. I had a choice to make. Was I going to keep wallowing around in that miserable pit or was I going to get up? I decided that I was going to try my best to get up. So I, I got um, on my computer. I sit on my computer a lot those days. Um, in between nap time, I think Facebook was just coming around. And I was very intrigued with blogs and like all these women that were creating stuff. And I said, like, well, I want to create something too. And so I think my first like big creative thing that I did when um, my daughter was small was design her birth, her first birthday party. But before that, um, I got, I don't know how I found this woman, but her name was Pamela Crum and she became my mentor. I saw her story and one of her stories was, or her main story was, she had a stroke at the age of 19 and the doctors told her that she would never walk or talk again. But yet I was seeing her at my time running and talking. And to me, that almost was like the first time I had ever seen, I guess, something that big that someone overcame. And so it sparked interest inside of me that, well, if she can, if she can do that, why am I over here complaining, moaning and groaning and just moping and walking around with my husband's sweatshirt and pants on, feeling like I'm nobody. And so I tuned in with her over and over. And at the time, it was a group called the Smoking Hot Mama Club. And so she had three children of her own, one biological and two that she was in the process of adopting. And it was just this community that became part of me, part of mine, that I could voice my, not really concerns, but just have a voice, basically. I could talk to them and get to know them and encourage each other and just show up and would 
do all kinds of crazy things like Saturday and we didn't live in the in the same state. So Saturdays we would do something like um, clean up your house and she would put on like this black like football player stuff on her face and a bandana and an apron. And we would make life fun by doing the tasks that no one likes doing. And so that started sparking me a little bit, like sparking joy within me a little bit, little by little, little by little. And I'm trying to make sure I'm not leaving anything out or diving in like so long. Um, but then I was like, well, if she can run, maybe I can too. And so I started trying to run. And the first time I got on the pavement, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't run. And I picked up that word, can't. <laughs> it was hard trying to run that first mile. But then I realized if I broke it down little by little, try to do a little here, a little there, don't try to do that whole mile at one point in time, but just work your way towards it. Work your way towards it. And then over time, I became strong enough to run that first mile. But running that first mile gave me courage to keep going. Um, it inspired me to keep going. Something was changing inside of me. But God was showing up to meet me on that pavement. I had gotten involved with the new church. And during the time when I couldn't find that job, I somehow came upon an opportunity called Cookie Lee Jewelry. And this, I forgot how I met her, how I came across her, but I'll just say it was a divine intervention from God, right? And so I came across Cookie Lee Jewelry and she came to my house. I had my first show and she introduced me to her church. I was like, oh, I never heard of that church. Well, we'll, we'll try it out. We're looking for a church. And so we went and it was nice. It was different. It was nice to get back into, into God and to hearing his word and hearing someone preach in a way that I could actually understand. When I grew up, we went to a, a family church and with the hearing loss that I have, it was hard for me to understand everything that was being said. So I would just zone out and start daydreaming and I wouldn't understand, I wouldn't get, I would leave the church the same way I came in, unchanged. And so when we went to this church, something was opening up inside of me and they were teaching to have a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus. And that's, that's the turning point that started me to be, begin to flip the narrative, to flip the lies, to flip myself into truth. And mind you, that was just the beginning just the beginning. So in that beginning stage, I was learning who Jesus was a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And I was happy to go to church every, every Sunday. Granted, my daughter did not like being separated from us to go to the nursery. And so that was a challenge. So trying to drop her off and she's screaming her head off. And here you are feeling, trying to get yourself in order, 
trying to get yourself straight, trying to to overcome this depression that had been settling in that you're still dealing with here and now. And you got your kid that you wish and hope and pray would go to the lovely ladies in the nursery and she's here screaming her head off. It doesn't feel too good as a young mom at all. And so um, it hurt to drop her off and then I knew that she would be okay. I knew that the ladies were taking good care of her, but she just wanted her mom. Like she was literally attached to my hip. And I am one of those people. I love people. I love everyone, but I am not the, and don't take this the wrong way. Somebody can easily twist my words and take it well. She doesn't love her daughter. Of course I love my child. Mama just needs a break every now and again, every now and again. I am not, let's say not, um, touch, physical touch is not my love language, okay? I will hug my people, I will hold my people, I will sit with my people, but I gotta have some space at some point in time, okay? But this little girl, my baby girl, wanted me 24 seven, on my hip, in my lap, like she would be all up in my hair. She had this thing with my hair and during that time, my hair is actually straightened right now, but during that time it was uh, permanently straightened and she would just have her hands and just go all up in my head, all up in my head. And then little by little my hair got shorter and shorter <laughs> and shorter and shorter. <laughs> until she only had just a little bit, like she would just pull and pull and it just had to be so attached to me, right? But anyhow, um, she eventually got used to the nursery and we were able to go into church, but a lot of times I would have to take her in there with me and it wasn't always the ideal situation because, you know, babies cry and they fidget and they want this and they need that and they need a pacifier or they need a bottle or whatever and you're still not getting the message that you need to. I didn't know how to study the Bible then. I didn't know how to dive deeper into have quiet time then. I had no idea. But little by little, as I kept showing up to church, kept showing up to the pavement, kept showing up to, um, to just work on me, God met me. He met me. And I always say that God worked on me through running. I went from being depressed, filled with anxiety, wearing black, wanting to commit suicide, to <clears throat> running, knowing that I had strength inside of me that I didn't know I had before. And and just showing up day in and day out. And like, I, it's hard to explain, but I began to change. Like something began to shift. My mindset began to shift. And as I fed myself more positive words, more truth, more, or got myself around some women that, that thought differently than I did, that thought differently than where I grew up. Like I had never seen anything like that before. I began to, to see in a different light. So as I began to see in a different light, 
like all of this interest like started coming and I was being very intrigued and I started thinking, wow, there's a lot that I don't know. There's a lot that I don't know. But even though walking with these women and who I am now, there was, there was still a gap. There was still a gap. So God continued to work on us. He continued to show up. And then I actually got baptized by the Holy Spirit. Um, was it 2017 or 18? And it wasn't until then, I want to say I'm in the right timeline, um, that I began to read my Bible, a Bible. Now, all before I had a Bible, I wanted to read it, but every time I would open it, it felt like Greek and I could not understand it. Like you're being told you should read the word, you should, you should sit and meditate with the word, you should know the word, you should quote scripture. And I'm over here like, I can't even understand these words. Like how, how? And so when I started, actually, I got a different translation. I didn't realize how different the translations were. I think I may have been studying the King James and then I got like a New Living, tra New Living Translation. And then my next one was an English Standard Version, which really helped me to understand. And aside from that, I was beginning to have quiet time. I started with... Um, it was a devotional by Joyce Meyer. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but just that little tiny, tiny scripture that she would write in there. And then she would describe and break it down some, and I would understand it, right? And so after reading that word, little by little, reading the description, something was shifting inside of me. And there's always, you know, the saying, get yourself in with the word well since i couldn't understand the bible that devotional filled the void it filled the void and i was getting myself into some word but i just wasn't like meditating on it just yet or quoting it just yet and to and to this day i i'm not the best with quoting scripture word for word or saying like Psalm chapter so-and-so, verse so-and-so, numbers goes over my head. But I see now that as I spent more time, as I developed that relationship with Jesus, as I realized that I had this freedom with him, I began to change in so many so many beautiful ways. Now, when I said earlier about God calling us back to my childhood home, when I was kicking, I felt like I was kicking and screaming, and I said no. But then eventually, throughout the course of a full year, God worked in my heart. He worked in my heart and got me to a place where my eyes were open even more to the possibility of what could happen. I just had to say yes, and he would show up and finish the rest. That's what God's wanting from us. He wants us to say yes and in obedience because his plans for us are so much greater than our own. In the house that I grew up in, which is now our home, we're still renovating. 
I asked my mom, I think I was maybe 13, 14, if I could paint the front of my bedroom door. And she actually said yes. She'd never seen my artwork. She'd never seen my drawing. She'd never seen any of it. And this beautiful woman said, yeah, go ahead. That's okay. Do it. I got some paint. I had this vision in my head of flowers and like vines. And I was going to paint my door this beautiful thing because I just knew I could bring it to life. I knew I could bring it to life. <laughs> Lies. When that paintbrush hit the paint and it hit the door, it did not come out anything like what I had in mind. Nothing at all. It was what I called ugly. And I told myself in that moment, well, you're just not meant to be an artist. And I never picked up a paintbrush again until 2015. And that was probably in 2000, like 2000, 1999 ish, 98 maybe. And I never picked up another paintbrush until 2015. But I had told and fed myself this lie way back then. And if we put the pieces together, it was like the enemy came in, fed me this lie, and I believed it. I believed that I wasn't going to be a creative. I believed that I wasn't an artist. I was saying no to the very thing that was in my DNA that brought me joy, that brought me life, that was who I was, my original design. My original design is I'm a creative. I've, I love doing things with my hands. I love creating things. I love painting. I love building. I love like just anything with color, whatever you want to say, like whatever you can think of, I'll do it. The tasks that many people hate, like when it comes to um, building a house or just simple things like saving retail, like some of the daunting tasks of taking your time and putting these little detailed things together, I actually love doing that. But I told myself, you're not an artist. Now, I went from that time frame up until 2015, just throughout my life, really. What if I had told myself, well, just keep trying. Try again next time or get some training on this. I could have saved myself some heartache. So since I believed that lie, I began to walk through life unfolding, or let's see, not really unfolding, but just adding a layer to myself, adding another layer to myself because I didn't believe the truth of who I was. So I was gonna show up in life as something that I was not. I started picking up other things to try to show up in life as, you know, does that make sense? So because of that, when I got to this age of, in 2015, I had some layers to undo because I had believed that one lie early on. That wasn't God's best for me, but he was right there with me to walk me through and walk me to the I'm sorry, walk me through the journey back to who I was created to be, to that freedom that was in Christ.
And sisters, I want to, to encourage you. A lot of times we get to this place of life, place in life, and we think to ourselves, well, I am X, Y, and Z, or I'm not X, Y, and Z, or I don't know who I am, or I'm just lost, or whatever the case may be. A lot of times it seems like I haven't done a whole bunch of research on this, but research with myself and a few other people. A lot of times the thing that we wanted to be when we were little or the thing that we loved doing when we were little is part of the thing and the calling that we have inside of us that we were to do as we got older. I wanted to be a teacher when I was little, a teacher. And I loved art, I loved creating, but I didn't become a teacher. Thankfully I didn't, but I'm a different kind of teacher. So whether I was teaching children in the classroom or teaching the way I teach now, which is um, art classes, painting classes, um, just encouragement, teaching the word, teaching the wisdom that I know, sharing what I know, teaching in a different aspect than what I thought. So, so many times we think that, well, if it doesn't show up this way or if I don't like it in this particular way, then that's not what I'm supposed to be. That's not what I'm supposed to do. And that's not always the case. So that journey to freedom was a beautiful one. It was quite painful, quite painful. There was many times where I, where I found myself just crying and frustrated and, and couldn't understand why it felt like I was alone when I wasn't supposed to be alone. But in that process, God was pruning me of the things and the alignments I had settled into. You see, a lot of times we align ourselves with something that we weren't supposed to step into. We become friends and try to stay friends with some people that were supposed to be in our life for a season. And a lot of times, some people do come into our lives and they burn us. And it hurts when God's saying, hey, it's okay, I've got something better for you. I'm taking you to another level. I'm taking you to a new level. And when he takes you to a new level, because you have been spending time with him, you've been seeking his face, you've been seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. When it comes time to take you to that new level, some people that you knew before can't go to that new level with you. And that's not always easy. It's not always easy. And I want to say too, that um, I had this high, higher level of discernment in my spirit pretty much my whole life. So when I mentioned earlier that I didn't fit in with a lot of people, or a lot of things, it was almost like my spirit wouldn't let me fit in with that anyways, because I didn't always know why I couldn't connect with some people or couldn't fit in a certain place. But later on in the future, I would see the truth of something. And I'd be like, oh, okay, that's why. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me out of that one. 
keeping me out of this one, keeping me out of that relationship, keeping me, you know, wherever he needed me at the time. Um, so I think, I think that covers a little bit. Um, and also wanted to say too, like when I was younger, you know, with that whole anger thing, I had a smart mouth. So I realized I had this smart mouth and I had that mouth with my mom, with my mom. And she would always tell me, think before you speak. And I would just like mouth off, mouth off, mouth off. And I didn't realize that that mouth, and I tell my daughter this a lot of times, it's okay to have a smart mouth, but utilize it in the right way. That smart mouth is not to come to me as your mom. It wasn't to come to my mom. There's power in our words. And when we speak, it can shift atmospheres almost. It can shift things. But I had to learn how to use this mouth of mine. It wasn't to tear people down. It wasn't to, to just respond any kind of way I felt like. It was to bring truth. It was to bring truth, the truth of his word to people, the truth of who he is to people. And not everybody understands and likes to hear the truth. But it needed this voice to be able to stand firm and de deliver that truth. Does that make sense? I hope it does. If it doesn't, let me know and maybe I can break it down some more for you. Um, so during those years of him trans, and I, this is a scripture, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. My mind had to be renewed and I had to be transformed to not live like this world. And this world is the people, society basically, societal ways and beliefs and systems. And so many times we align ourselves with those beliefs and we call ourselves Christians, but we don't have any fruit in that area. So we're not to align ourselves with the world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So as my mind began to be transformed, I began to be transformed. It's almost like, you know, the butterfly, um, in order for it to soar, it has to crawl through life for in the beginning. And then as it crawls through life for a little bit, then it goes into this cocoon, this isolated area, this darkness, this, this thing where it literally breaks down and becomes like this goop, like basically nothing. And then it becomes a butterfly and it bursts out of its cocoon and flies high forever. Does that sound like anything that you may have walked through? Anything that you may have dealt with? I know it has for me. The whole goop area, the, the isolation piece, the and, and during those times of isolation when God's working on you and transforming you, you may feel like you're alone, but if you stand firm and believe with all of your being that you will rise, that you will rise, 
you will rise. When you feel isolated and you feel alone, don't allow that to become your truth that, and say things like, well, I'm always alone and God has left me or he never cared about me in the beginning or never cared about me at all. That's not true. The truth is he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So if that's true, it cannot be returned void. So if he will never leave us nor forsake us, where is he? He's always with us. So even if you're going through a hard time, a trying time, a challenging time, know and always believe that he is right there with you. Teaching, guiding, leading, and transforming you little by little by little. Now, if you think about it, if he was to transform you overnight, what would you really learn? What would I have learned if I was transformed overnight? I wouldn't have had any endurance, any training to know what to do or to help anyone else. In 2012, I got hit by a car. I was walking with my daughter and I got hit by a car while walking. And in that moment, it was almost like I was being tested to see if I was ready to keep going or if I needed, to, if I, or if I needed some more training. So like I said about that anger that I had, right? The old crystal would have acted like a fool. She would have acted like a complete but in the middle of the road, whether I'd gotten hit, I would have found some sort of way to stand up and basically probably curse this woman out and just out like a nut. But I gave this lovely woman grace. She hit me and praise God that I came home the same day. Um, she swept my left side, so my wrist was... Um, it wasn't broken, but it had like something was popped, like a vessel or something was popped in my wrist. And my wrist tore her mirror off of her car, her um, side mirror. And my left hip got hit pretty bad, but it wasn't broken. Um, there was no scars, like visual scars or bleeding or anything like that. It was bruised with a little bit of internal bleeding, but I was okay. But when I responded to her, she asked me, can I, can I call the cops? Can I, what can I do, what can I do? And I told her just to take me home. And she was probably looking at, me like, looking at me like I was crazy, like, what? I just hit you, woman, what do you, what do you mean, take you home? And so I asked her to take me home and I told her, and she just gave me her insurance information and I let her go. And that was when I knew that maturity was settling in. And that's probably when God knew that he could trust me with a little bit more, trust me a little bit more in my journey to continue transforming me. And I didn't need to go back in training because I was beginning to learn more. And I have to say that I am a human and I do have flare-ups. Sometimes my anger can come in and try to rear its ugly head, but I know a lot more than I ever did before. And I'm so grateful for the journey that I had to walk through, 
even though it was painful, even though it was was it the easiest thing ever to undo the layers, undo the lies. And for the first time ever, as an artist, I feel like I've come alive and so much more. And here's, here's the, the funny thing. I'm going back to the house where I told myself that I was not an artist. And when I set foot back into my artist, my, my artist studio, my office, whatever you would like to call it, I'm gonna be an artist like I've never been before. It's come full circle. It's come full circle. And ladies, I want to encourage you that no matter what you've walked through, no matter what you've done, no matter if your story doesn't seem as big as someone else's, you may not have walked in the shoes that someone else walked in, but that does not define or it does not make you any less than anyone else. Your story is a story and it will still encourage other people. It will still bring some other people through a valley and it's still important, it still matters. Because when you walk through that journey, it was hard for you. It wasn't easy. It was hard. There's, there may have been some nights where you cried and, and you just couldn't understand. But you asked yourself why and you've been frustrated and you've just been in a place. Your story matters. But the other thing, God is calling his daughters back to his heart. He wants to have a personal relationship with us so that we can get to understand him, so that we can begin walking out and fulfilling the calling that he has placed inside of us. When we're showing up in life less than who we were created to be, when we're showing up in life as who our mom wanted us to be or who our dad wanted us to be or who our spouse told us we should be, we're not showing up in our original design. We're not showing up in who God created us to be and we won't be fulfilled. God is calling you back to his heart. He wants you to drop every lie that you've ever believed. He wants you to walk in freedom there's freedom in Christ Jesus. No box living, no people pleasing, just freedom, freedom to be you. Freedom to be you. Now saying yes to you, saying yes to who he created you to be. Society, it doesn't look good to society. It doesn't always look, let's see. <laughs> your mom may not agree with it. And I'm not saying every mom is like that, but many people, many women have some moms that try to run their life. And if she doesn't approve of it, then they will feel like they don't matter. And I'm so sorry if that's you. But 
have courage and be brave to step into who God called you to be. Because when we get to heaven one day, we're not going to have to answer to mama. We're going to have to answer to heavenly father. We're not going to have to answer to our sister or our child or our husband. We're going to have to answer to God. And even though we walk through some hard things or life may get hard, we're still responsible to walk out our calling. We're still responsible for the things that he's placed inside of us. We're still responsible to to grow those gifts, to, to blossom, to bloom, and to flourish into who he's created us to be. I hope that encourages you. And I hope that any, any time that you have felt broken, that it may just be the hardest thing ever, that you realize that that is not the definition of who you are. Any hard thing that you've walked through, Jesus was right there with you. He did not leave you or forsake you. And there's so many times we have the question of, well, why did he allow that to happen to me? He didn't allow it to happen. There was an enemy and, and if we think about it, you know, we look at Jesus himself and he died on a cross. He was hung on a cross because there was evil around. And he was beaten to death. So he knows and understands our pain. He knows and understands what we've gone through. And he wants to help you and turn that into good. Anything that was meant for evil, he would turn it around for good. We may not be able to see that in the moment. We may not be able to see that in a week or a month or a year, but little by little, he would transform and turn around anything that was meant for evil and turn it around for good. I hope that you can grab a hold of that. I hope that you begin to understand that you are worthy, that you are good, that you are a masterpiece, that you are loved, that your story matters. So even though I was a child that didn't always have food in the fridge to eat, you can bet your backside that I know how to put together a meal with almost nothing in a fridge. And I call that a beautiful, beautiful gift because not many people can do that. There was one year that we won, um, it was a pizza raffle for Pizza Hut. And that one particular year was very hard, but that pizza that we got for free that whole year helped us have dinner some nights.
We may not always be provided for the way we think we should be provided for, but just like the birds and the bees, or that's not the right subject, but just like the birds of the air, um, and bees and animals and dogs and cats or whatever, they don't think about how they're gonna get their next meal. They just show up and fly and God leads them and they're fed and they're provided for and they're taken care of. So if you face poverty in your lifetime, remember when and how he kept you. Remember that you never dealt with, you never were fully without. You may not have had, you may not have had as much as you thought you should have, but it was enough, right? It was more than enough. We don't need some massive feast in order to live. We don't need all the extra. We just need enough for today and say yes to him and trust him and he will have you every step of the way. Remember, he will never leave you nor forsake you and he will always take care of you. He will always provide for you. I hope that you guys have an amazing week and that um, I just, want to, I just want to say thank you for, for listening to this podcast. It's been six months in the making. Not really in the making, but it's been on for six months, going on for six months. But the next season will air next July. And I say season, meaning the next interview episodes um, with other women will start airing again in July of next year. There'll still be some episodes where they'll be pretty quick, like 15 minute, 10 minute, maybe 20 minute episodes of just me talking. But the next season of interviews will be next year. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for supporting my podcast. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble. <laughs> and I just want you to know that I may not know who you are, but I love you. I care about you, I pray for you, and I hope and pray that you begin to know exactly who you are, because when we know who we are, when we know who we are, I always say this, hell begins to tremble because it becomes scared, because we have power, we have authority, and we can shake mountains with that power. I hope you can grab a hold of that and hold on to that truth. Hold on to that truth. And sister, don't be afraid. And I wrote this to myself back in 2016. Stop being afraid to truly be who you are. And that's when I started reading that. It was like a word of affirmation. I would read it when I felt like I was trying to tremble or and hide or um, shrink back. I would read it, stop being afraid to truly be who you are. And little by little, layer came off 
And I began to step in, step in, step in, step in. And we were, we were called to be in community with other women. Don't believe that lie that there isn't any women for you or you don't fit in anywhere. That is a lie. Ask God to send you those women that he has for you and he will. And just watch how that community just grows and blooms and blossoms into so much more. Watch how you begin to grow and bloom and blossom and, and watch how he begins to take you to new levels, to new levels, to, to more of who you were created to be and how that develops into more. Jesus loves you so, so much. Don't forget that. That brokenness, that thing that hurt the most, that thing that just had a hold of you for so long, that's not the definition of who you are. You are a masterpiece that is so loved, so adored, that he made you for a purpose, a beautiful purpose. So you guys, if you want to find out more about me, follow me more, follow me online. Um, my website is www.crystalkiefer.com. You find my artwork there, you find some writing there, you find photography there. Um, and the blogs, I try to write every so often, sometimes I get busy, um, but I hope to get back into writing them more. Um, my Instagram handle is crystal.kiefer. You can find me on Instagram. Um, I share a lot on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, it is at Crystal Kiefer Inspired, or you can do a search for Crystal Kiefer Inspired and I'll pop up right there. Don't forget to subscribe to the Blessed Brokenness podcast and feel free to share it with anyone that you think could use these words of encouragement, hope, and truth brought to their ears. I hope the Blessed Brokenness podcast has brought you joy as much as I have had joy sitting with every woman, recording every episode of listening to their testimonies, listening to them share their stories. It's been such a gift in this beautiful season of life. If you wouldn't mind leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, I would be blessed by that so, so, so much. I would love to get this podcast in many more hands, many more ears, so that many more women would be able to find truth and begin walking the journey back to who she was created to be. You guys take care.